The God we serve bows to nothing. He is all supreme and sovereign, greater than any situation, greater than every scenario you can come up with. A great God. Can you give him praise one more time, Lord? We praise. You're great, you're great, you're great, you're great. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Amen, amen. Thank you, Sanctuary Choir, for all the hard work you put in yesterday and today. God bless each one of you. Amen. God bless you as you return to your seats. What a mighty presence of God is here. You may be seated. For you who know me, I don't think I'm telling you anything new. I believe in the one true sovereign God. I believe he is supreme and rules and reigns above all. I believe that we are privileged to be a part of the body of Christ here on earth so that avails us to certain gifts and power. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit that 1 Corinthians speak of. I believe that we can and should have signs and wonders happening among us as the Scripture bear out. I also believe that there is an enemy of our soul who is relentless in his pursuit to steal, to kill, and to destroy. No, I don't believe there's a devil behind every rock and every flat tire is the work of the enemy. I, I don't believe the devil is omnipresent and omniscient. I, I do believe there is a host of demons that we refer to them now that were cast out of heaven when Satan was cast down because of pride. I don't want to make too much of the power of the enemy, but I don't want to be ignorant of his devices and his tactics and his way. Paul told the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 6, 10 through 12, Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that she may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not, we do wrestle, but we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Don't put on your own armor. It won't work. You have to put on the armor of God. Warring with the computer keyboard won't work. Fighting and arguing with another human being is not what we're talking about. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? Because you aren't fighting behind walls. You aren't going to be a long distance from your enemy. You're going to engage with that enemy while having protection from an attack that could come from any side. The whole armor of God. Notice verse 12 I read says it uses the word wrestle. And again, Suggest close contact and strenuous warfare. I'm not trying to be mystical. 
or say something that's not in the word of God or even try to conjure up any type of fear that we do have an enemy out there because I could start quoting scriptures that say things like greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world and I can also say no weapon formed against you shall prosper and I can also say I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved us and I also can say in my name shall they cast out devils and I can also say submit to God resist the devil and he will flee so I I guess I'm telling you, I absolutely believe in the spirit world as it were. There are many unseen things fighting against you and against the church and against all things that are holy and godly and so much the more as we see the day approaching. Matthew 24, 24, for there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible they shall deceive the very elect. Second Thessalonians 2 9 even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Revelation 16 14 for they are the spirits of devils working miracles. Revelation 19 20 talking about the end and the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles I'm in the word I'm reading the word this morning and I'm just pulling out some verses for you to readily see the enemy does indeed have power the enemy deceives people even to the end of time and there are miracles and signs and lying wonders done by the enemy according to the word of God and so let me circle back one more time if you think by voting a certain way you're going to stop the enemy if you think by arguing your point of view you're going to back down the enemy if you believe you can argue the spirit of this age away you need to get back in the word we don't wrestle against flesh and blood there is something far greater and more powerful at work here it's principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness against the wickedness in high places we are in an all-out spiritual battle the only way you fight spiritual battles is through spiritual things and that's why you put on the whole armor of God let's pick up an account where Jesus was teaching this is found in Mark chapter 4 and Jesus began to teach by the seaside a great multitude was gathered there to hear him the crowd got so big that Jesus steps into a little ship and sat down and began to teach the people who had gathered on the land there and Jesus taught them a very very long time he taught them, for instance, you know, the parable of the sower where all the types of ground the seed could fall on. He, he told them about buying a candle. You don't hide it under a basket or put it under a bed. You put it on a lampstand to, to show the gospel and to, to show the light of Jesus to everybody. He, he talked about this parable of the seed growing in the earth and then he kind of wrapped it all up according to this chapter with the parable of the mustard seed. And Jesus, after all day of teaching and explaining and being with tea people and ministering, Jesus was exhausted mark 35 to 36 says in the same day when the even was come he saith unto them let's pass over to the other side when they the disciples had sent the multitude away they took him even as he was in the ship and there were also with him 
other little ships. Many believe that that phrase, they took him even as he was in the ship, just says he was just exhausted, beyond tired. He was just physically wrung out and the crowd was still there, but the disciples just, uh, you, you've got to go. And, and they got in the boat and they, they left. It may lend itself to this because in verse 37, it talks about this massive storm that came up on the sea and, and the boat was filled with water. In verse 38, even though all this was happening, thunder and lightning and crashing of waves and terrified disciples, Jesus curled up in the back of the boat, sleeping, his head on a pillow, exhausted, terrified, sold, uh, terrified disciples came back, shook him, don't you care? We were in a battle of our life. We're in this storm, rubbing, rubbing sleep out of his eyes. I can only imagine. He, he looked up and saw that was going on, and he just rebuked the storm. Immediately, the Bible says there was a great calm. Starting out today, I read verses where the enemy can perform signs and wonders. If you read in Exodus, during the plagues of Egypt, you'll see the sorcerers and magicians brought about frogs. They turned water into blood. In Job, it tells us that those there was a disastrous weather pattern, probably a tornado, that hit the house where Job's children were and killed all of them. Revelation tells us that the beast in the last time will call down fire from heaven. My thought is, Jesus said, let us pass over unto the other side. Let's go to the other side of the lake. Where exactly were they heading? They were heading to the country of the Gadarenes. This was a Gentile land. This was new territory. This was not Jewish people who were expecting the Messiah. Jesus said, we need to get over to the other side. We need to go over and expand our territory. We need to go to those who don't practice worshiping the one true God. We need to go spread the good news that a Savior has been born to redeem them also. Maybe that's why there was a literal physical storm that came up and tried to stop Jesus from getting to the new territory. Maybe the enemy was adamant on stopping Jesus from getting to his destiny. Because when that storm came, Jesus rebuked it. He told it to stop and it immediately stopped and there was a great calm. The disciples standing there scratching their head. Who is this guy? We've seen some miracles. We've seen him do some mighty things. His teaching's unbelievable, but he can tell the wind and waves to stop, and they do it. I pause long enough in my sermon to tell you, when you're trying to get to a new destiny,
When you are trying to get to a new level, when you're trying to get to the other side, when you're trying to leave some old things behind and go into a new area, you very well may run into a severe storm. No, I'm not talking about some physical as it was that day, but I'm talking about things coming up and raging against you. Have you ever been there? You come out of a prayer meeting and deciding you're going to take some territory or you're going you're to march into new areas and you're going to go to the other side and leave some things behind and no sooner are you filled with faith and passion and desire than a storm hits you and about sinks your boat. What do we say to these things? I say if God's in your boat, don't fear what the enemy can bring up against you. Have faith in him. You're just battling to get to your destiny because the enemy knows if you can ever get there, there's going to be deliverance in Gadara. There's going to be something miraculous. There's going to be revelation of who Jesus is. There's going to be something new that happens in your life and ministry. You just can't get there. Chapter 5 of Mark, verse 1. They got there. They came over to the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. It was a little rough. It was a little scary for a moment. But they got where they were heading. They got where they were going. And they witnessed a miracle, a powerful miracle, right in the middle of the commute when he says, Peace, be still. Jesus steps out of the boat. The Bible says immediately there came a man screaming and running towards him. Come tearing out of the cemetery. He had an unclean spirit. Nobody could tame him. Nobody could calm him down. Chains couldn't even keep him tied up. Everything they tried in the natural had failed because this was not a natural fight. This was not a mental illness. This was not someone with anger issues. This was a man that was tortured by the devil night and day, day and night crying and cutting himself, tormented in every possible way. And the devil loved it. He loved abusing this man. He loved terrorizing others that were around him. This was the enemy's territory. This was the enemy's playground. He didn't want Jesus to come over there and mess anything up because this was under his control and under his rule. But this man, even in that condition, ran to Jesus and spoke something that even the disciples were having a hard time understanding. 
The disciples had just marveled. We've been with this guy, but what manner of man is he? And this tormented man with these evil spirits ran to Jesus and said in Mark 5, 7, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? He knew who Jesus was. Jesus asked this man, what is your name? And the evil spirits cried out, Legion, for we are many. These people would have been familiar with the large Roman imperial units that were so oppressive, that were in charge of certain areas. It was a picture of cruelty and dehumanizing intentions. It's a picture of an army, organized army, a strategy to take control and to take over. It was a legion. So we see this man scarred and wild-eyed, ill-clothed, writhe around, and Jesus speaking with him. But I want you to pay very close attention to this next verse I read, Matthew 5.10. And he about the demoniac or the demon speaking through him besought him which was Jesus that he would not send them the legions out of the country did you hear that they didn't even ask to not be sent out of the man they asked him don't send us out of our country. Don't send us out of our territory. Don't send us out of the things that belong to us. To be sent out of the place they had jurisdiction or control over. Because they didn't want any Jesus there. And they wanted to reign and rule that area. So let me preach to someone about your territory or about your destiny or about your shall be. The enemy has started storms in your life and you've been battered in all the way across just trying to get to this point. But you've got to this point and it's kind of a crossroads if you will. There's something about to break free in you into a new territory and a new dimension. You see, this strategizing and war plan of the enemy is not about you necessarily as a person. It's about what you're going to be in God. It's about what strongholds you're going to cast down. It's about who else you're going to minister to. It's about who else you're going to spread the, the message and name of Jesus to. He has got to get you stopped. That is why the Lord has sent me to proclaim to someone, it is time for you to get delivered. You can't reach your destiny locked up in a tomb. You can't do what God has called you to do while you're cutting yourself with doubts and hangovers from the past and destructive self-talk. I'm calling someone in the sanctuary to come out.
out of the cave, to come out of the self-doubt, to come out of the oppression, to come out of the pain and the sins of your past. You can stand because Mark 5, 6 gives us the answer on what to do. But when this man saw Jesus afar off, he ran and he worshiped. The demoniac ran to Jesus. Hear my words. He was still depressed. He was still possessed. He was still messed up. He was still plagued. He still didn't have it all figured out. But even in that state, he knew there was something better. He knew his deliverance and answer was right there. Somebody in this place needs to run to Jesus. I don't care if you're oppressed. I don't care if you're possessed. I don't care if you're plagued. I don't care what the situation is. You need to run to Jesus. And when you run to Jesus, just start worshiping him. Just start praising him. Just start believing in him. You have to understand the enemy's not real concerned you coming to church and just watching the show. But the moment you lay your eyes on Jesus, the moment you shoot your hand in the air and begin to worship Jesus, that's when something starts to break. That's when something starts to move. Somebody run to Jesus. When I think about Jesus, what is up for me? When I think about Jesus, how he set me free. Dance, 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 dance all night. Somebody worship. Battle. Somebody! 